Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh, yeah. What's happening, Jason? Yeah. All right. What's what's happening, everybody? Welcome back. You are now tuned in to yet another episode of Hyatt 9 News. Thank you for joining to not only get Hyatt 9 with us, but also High Noon on the East Coast. I'm Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street, and it is Monday, March 6th. Today is National Dress Day, so who needs pants? National Frozen Food Day is fresh food is overrated oreo cookie day second only to halloween and ironically it's the it's national dentist day obviously my dentist loves me everybody out there watching please like share and hit the subscribe button and follow us at hyatt nine news across all social media platforms we're live weekday mornings on youtube and twitch audio only on clubhouse if you do choose the clubhouse route you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if uh you have a brief comment on the story presented Getting things started today, you know who it is. The Green Street Bandit himself. Wheeling and dealing mink coat rocking private jet hopping. Mr. Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. That's right. It's Monday, the most important day of the week. So important that this doctor has a warning that I have to warn you about at first because this doctor is totally out of touch with reality. But nonetheless, he says the drug threat to kids right now, it's pot, not fentanyl, Hudson Valley hospitals say. That's right. Twice in recent weeks, 911 had to be called for Worcester High School students who had reactions to substances. Both times there was speculation or rumors that fentanyl was the culprit. But the likely cause was marijuana, they say. This was no surprise to experts who say that marijuana has quickly become a major health concern among minors, which more so than fentanyl, which remains a scourge to adults who use hard drugs. With recreational marijuana now legal in New York and dispensaries starting to open, marijuana has quickly become so ubiquitous that many kids don't view it as a drug. Dr. Jamil Rizala, Associate Medical Director of the Emergency Medicine Department at Montefiore-Nyack Hospital, said that minors in the emergency room will often say no when he asked them if they use drugs. But they'll say yes when he asks if they use marijuana. In Yonkers, police have seen more calls about kids 
getting sick from THC gummies, said Dean Polopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopolopol
can be scary. In February, Blaka Poposki submitted her concerns on behalf of the PTA to the New York State Cannabis Control Board, which is responsible for regulating the state's cannabis industry. She asked the agency to focus on protecting kids in several ways, increasing the distance between cannabis businesses and youth facilities, making products less attractive to kids, and increasing penalties for businesses that advertise or sell to kids. The PTA was among five statewide groups, including the state's Association of County Health Officials and the Academy Family of Pediatricians that sent another letter the same day expounding on those requests. Lila Hunt, Deputy Director of Public Health and Campaigns for the State Office of Cannabis Management, said in an email that the state regulations around packaging, labeling and marketing are designed to ensure legal products are only marketed to adults. That means no regulated edibles will come in packages that imitate products marketed toward young people. There won't be a cannabis Joe Camel in New York, she said. Legal dispensaries will never sell products that look like candy or target children. I mean, they are selling edibles, so that doesn't make any sense to me. But Hunt said, uh, but illicit sellers do. The agency's enforcement teams are working to shut them down as well as unlicensed storefronts that don't check IDs. Hunt also noted the agency's partnership with the state's poison control centers to improve data collection. Uh, Products should be stored and locked out of reach inside of young people and pets. Not enough to just store them uh, out of reach. Kids and, and, and pets are resourceful, Hunt said. And this article just keeps on going on and on. Oh, wait a second. Here we go. In Yonkers, the Pitalopolis said there had been one instance in the last three years where a kid died from a fentanyl overdose. A 15-year-old took a painkiller pill uh, in painkiller form and didn't realize it contained fentanyl. It's overwhelmingly adults we see accessing fentanyl, he said in an email. And he said fentanyl overdoses typically happen when someone is trying to get high but not realizing that the active molecule in the powder that they're injecting or snorting is much more potent than what they thought, Miller said. And Recruza sees patients regularly bringing their children in for drug screening, worried that alcohol or other marijuana their kids consumed was laced with fentanyl or, other, or another opioid. Often, by, uh, by the time the results come back, the child has been given IV fluids and is already ready to leave. So obviously, it's not that serious of a problem then, doctors, if that's really the case. And because you haven't had any kids die from the consumption of edibles, but we will digress. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the High at Nine News. Sounds like bad parenting, mostly. That's that's what I think. Exactly like bad parenting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems like a lot a lot of American needs parenting classes. You know, we're see we're having some real crazy and, and, and horrific violence outbreaks here at our local schools. And and it's the same thing. You see the parents and, and they're on the news excusing these kids. People just aren't like watching their kids and actually raising them. Too many parents of, of this generation are seem to be obsessed with being their kids' friends. And like I'm not my kids' friends, I'm their dad. We can be friends once they're adults. Yes. That, that's my opinion about this. I'm with you on that one, Matthew. There is quite often too many parents that are worried about being friends with their kids more than actually being parents and showing them what's right, what's wrong, and what to do and what not to do. Yeah, usually people that are um, trying to be their kids' friends and shit like that, like, you need your own fucking friends, dude. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> that almost went out my nose. Well, I agree with you, uh, Matthew, that this is definitely uh, a parenting issue. Um, it's also an education issue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we need to be out there letting folks know what is in these products. I mean, parents are thinking about what they used to consume as cannabis. I'm sure these parents have no idea what's in these vapes that apparently this kid was smoking. Um, and this kid doesn't either. Um, I mean, they need to have a better understanding of the new product forms that this is coming in. And we as an industry need to be better at educating folks of what things are and how to use them without freaking out and be responsible. Agreed. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what do you think about it when they try to say when they try to say that uh, that all these stores have popped up and New York only has three stores open? Well, there's only three in Manhattan. There is one in upstate New York. So they have oh, four, geez. Jason. Four. Oh, four. Four. Higher state. Oh, my goodness. Jesus. Um, so I would say to them that it look at every other state that has got up and running. It takes a good two years to get a market up and running. And for you to think that, you know, stores are going to magically appear, that's not how it works. So suck it oh, up. Take care of your kids and stop complaining about the pop-up shops. This is more about knowing what your kids Nobody complains doing. about them. Nobody complains about those pop-up shops. Jason Beck is like complaining. Them. You don't like them. Not complaining. Jason Beck is complaining that they're not up and running fast enough. We're well, just no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying up and running in 18 months. I'm just saying I find running the whole thing and saying there's going to be 20 opening a month. That is not going to happen. She never should have kept on saying that. Well, no, no, that, that's not even what I'm talking. I'm talking about in this article. It references that that weed is so openly, abundantly available, and they're trying to say that all these pot shops, and they're referring to regulated ones when they when they when they say that, and it's just like all of them, like really all four, like come on, <laughs> lumping everything out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on, get it together. But we do have. We do have Mark Wasserman with us from the Pop Brothers at Law. The Pop Brothers at Law. Yes. What do you have to Good say on this? Morning. What do you have to say on this? Yeah. Part? So I'm actually I'm uh, driving my 18 year old back to college, and I have an 18, a 13, and a nine year old. And I agree, it's it's parenting, you know. And and my kids grew up with me consuming and using and talking about cannabis. And it's medicinal benefits, why their dad uses it, why their mother hates the smell, you know, why their mom uses other types of medication for her, her issues. And we were just always very open and honest about it. And I think that's a major reason that that's not happening enough. And like you mentioned it earlier, you want to be my friends. You know, I feel the same way. I, my kids have plenty of their own friends. I'm their dad. I'm their parent. I'm going to parent and teach and answer questions and anything that they're curious about. That's where kids get into trouble because they're curious by nature. They're curious and they have other friends who do things and they want to follow those other friends. And so if you're talking to your kids and letting them know the truth about everything, then likely your kids aren't going to touch anything that's really dangerous. So that's what I think, and I'll shut the fuck up now. Agreed, 100. I mean, this is the same crowd that wants to give every single kid a trophy for just showing up. I mean, you acknowledge people and you say, oh, you did such an amazing job just because you woke up this morning. Really lowers the bar on expectations. trying to tell cannabis retailers right now with all these fucking taxes. Congratulations, you got a license. Now you're fucking going broke. 
You know, if we look at Portugal and, and Amsterdam and we compare that to the United States, like in the United States, we're still suffering from this Protestant Puritan me mentality where like dancing's evil, expressing with your body's evil, drug all drug use is evil. We look at the 60s, uh, a lot of kids started experimenting with, with cannabis and they were told cannabis was as bad as speed, crack and heroin. And when they found cannabis wasn't and LSD wasn't actually bad, then they started trying harder drugs and the 60s turned into the 70s. Everybody started wearing polyester and outfitting their uh, houses in burnt orange and pea soup green, right? We go over to Portugal and, and Amsterdam where drugs have been decriminalized and there's real effort at education throughout the government and the school systems. And the 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 uses of teen uh, teen drug use is is it like 20, 10, 20 percent? It's ridiculous. And then you look at America where we have these puritanical messages and no education and teen drug and alcohol use is skyrocketing. And the biggest thing is getting beyond our own personal feelings about what we want to do or not do and getting unbiased education out to the youth. Absolutely, my G. Oh, man, this is this is. <laughs> Oh, oh, excuse me. Oh, my God. <laughs> the world. Yeah, you can't Google those studies. You get you can't no. Google uh, Port Portugal decriminalization studies and, and high school youth. And there's also studies in Amsterdam that you can Google and find peer reviewed science about this. Peer reviewed science. Oh, man. We sure. got to keep it. Though. Coming up next. That's right. He's the dope dad who soon will have beat the Internet gangbang more in the streets. That's right, because he's going to end up getting some fiber delivered to his doorfront. That's right, in the form of a dirty diaper. That's right, is the dope dad himself. We go the meat. That's the best one you. That's the best one you had yet, Jason. So I got to give you props on that one, man. I like that. So, um, my story. Uh, I actually want to start with a video. We're gonna have a guest. Actually, the subject of this one. Uh, pop one uh, with us. Actually, actually, Rico. While while we um, she she hasn't popped in yet. Why don't we just go to a commercial? She's 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 right more time. You sure? Yeah, I don't see her. Oh yes, she's there now. She's there now. Right, there excellent. she is. We should run the video first, and so we and so she can give us context on it. Mm -hmm. We're in the video. Oh, Adam can't run the fucking video. Can Adam can't run the video. video. Can I share my screen? Yeah, you could try. Boom. Let's do this. Yeah, hit it. Excellent. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Guys, get ready for some caring this. None of that. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, the story is following... Amy Deluji. So she is a dispensary owner in 10 years uh, legal out in Washington. And so this actually went viral this past week in Fox property. News. He's already done his job and he's refusing. This is my fucking shit. You're gone. Get the fuck off my lot. You don't I'm tell a, me why I get the fucking talk to a nine. Get the fuck off my fucking lot, bitch. Rico, can you give us context? Go the fuck! I want to play the video first. You're done. You did your due diligence. Get the fuck off my fucking lawn. Let me ask him a couple more. Hurry up, okay? Hurry up! Oh, I listen to you, bitch. I listen to you. Do you have any questions with that? Fuck a mom should have swallowed your stupid fucking ass, mother chut. You're my fucking man, you bitch. You better learn your fucking way. 
take your wife right out your fucking bed, bitch. Oh wait, you're not married, huh? Cause your dick's too small. Fuck you. <laughs> Get the fuck off my land. Wow. In that face, bitch. Yes. <laughs> Better learn. <laughs> And so uh, before Amy uh, joins us, I'm going to give a little uh, background context there. Let me stop sharing here. Boom. Boom. I'm no longer sharing, right? No. All right, perfect. All right, so despite what you just saw there what the headline and what the headline says, this story is actually a little bit of a smear campaign being run on, uh, on the angry woman, a dispensary owner that you saw yelling by a parish. Those shady Washington State pit bull breeders, um, local conservative media, and the boys in blue. Fox News conveniently left out the date of when this break, quote unquote, breaking incident occurred, along with any context on what happened before and after the edited video clip uh, beyond the statements months later by the police and only the, the person filming. Uh, but I actually brought on uh, Amy Deluji. Uh, she should be on with us in Clubhouse. I've sent her numerous uh, requests to come up. She is there, but she hasn't accepted any of the invites to come up and speak. So I don't know what to tell you on that. Okay, I just let her know. Um, yeah, we. Yeah. Why, why, why did all this happen, Rico? What? What? what give us some back text on exactly right, so, what is going on with this. All right, so so Fox News didn't even uh, link to the original uh, source, which is one uh, the Source One News article with more info and less fluff. It actually took some digging for me to find, but. Uh, on Source One's Facebook page a week ago under the headline, State Investigating Mos uh, Moses Lake Marijuana Retailer Over Allegations of Obstructing Law Enforcement, Important Details Can Be Found. The Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Board is investigating a retailer in Moses Lake accused of harassing and obstructing law enforcement. So uh, the police, yeah, she said, uh, can you see me? Can you uh, invite her? Yeah, I just, I just said she's up. She's, she's up, up now. Perfect. Amy, no more technical difficulties. You're on with that. So tell us what the fuck happened there. Amy, you got to unmute your mic and then you're free to speak. Amy. Amy, unmute the mic. You hit the little mic, but there we go. Okay, you, you got me? Yep, we can hear you now. Welcome to the show. Okay. Oh, thank, so, you, so, thank you, thank so, you. So what exactly happened? Uh, tell us, tell us the, the real background story, not the Fox News version that we're getting here. So um, basically, this happened almost uh, almost seven months ago, um, and there was some malice motive involved with a female who I am currently motioning forward in suit um, in due to recanting on a contract with a $7,000 dog. So she's the one in the video recording it, and as you can as you can hear. Um, she's the one laughing in the background. Yeah. Um, so what she did, it was a, it, it didn't start out like that. Um, she took a portion of this video and in malice, uh, put it up on social media and I apologize. I'm, I'm super tired today. I've been harassed all night. I've received at least a hundred threats from death threats to oh, people yeah. smashing me. Um, it's been pretty crazy. Um, um, but, um, First and foremost, I, you know, I want to say that I, I, I'm not proud about my language. Um, and I have already um, sent a letter of apology to the Washington State Trooper. However, there has been things that, that have been leading up to this that have been a great concern to myself. And I wasn't just escalated. Um, 
back in, I want to say September or November in 2021. Um, I basically had, um, I've been, I've been dealing, what I've been dealing with is I've been dealing with um, law enforcement utilizing my lot to um, do and perform types of activities that I don't think are appropriate in regards to public safety. Mm. Um, so my biggest concern, A, my concern is that when they do come on my lot, it creates a negative scenario in the eyes of the people, you know, right. because I am a high risk environment. So when they see, you know, police officers out there on my lot doing a uh, police activity, it scares them. No one and wants to come shop there, right, Amy? No one wants to be around the fucking cops. Right. So you got cops posted up on your fucking on your property. Well, and and beyond that, beyond that, in November, uh, I showed up about eight o'clock in the morning, and there was about six cops out on my lot, and they had bulletproof vests and guns, and I was like, "What's going on?" And they told me they were using my lot to stake out a meth dealer in a hotel across the way. And I told them that I did not think that was appropriate. So where my biggest concern comes in is that because I'm such a high risk environment and I, it comes, you know, it, and I have these duties embedded in the WAC for public safety and to maintain a balance within those walls and exterior of those walls that those types of things were actually in breach of the things that are a necessity for me to be able to do so because they're out there with bulletproof vests and guns while we're inside trying to perform business. And if there were gunshed that were to happen in due to the types of behaviorisms that they have encroached onto my business it could create a very dangerous environment um, to the patrons, to my employees, and to myself. Now, what, if a gun Amy, were to be what, fired, what, exactly, yes. what exactly happened uh, before? What did we not see there uh, um, well, in the I, video that was that I, was cut off there? I approached the Washington State Trooper, and I expressed my concern to him and told him, that I have been working with, you know, I've, I've reached out to um, the local officers and have numerous times requested that they at least attempt to try to pull people over on the streets, uh, you know, next to the sidewalk. And I expressed to him that my concern was public safety, that if someone in that vehicle had a gun and they were to open fire, that it could create a very dangerous scenario for the shop. And he did not want to comply. Mm. Amy, can I ask you, um, has, have you or your attorney been in touch with the police since about these instances yeah. where they are hanging out in front of your place of business? Has any, have you been uh, able to approach them on that front and say, what are you doing? Or at least your yeah. attorney? Myself, yes, my attorney has been trying to work with the Washington State Troopers and, yeah, tell them what my valid concerns are. Um, you know, I just didn't walk out there. Sure. I just didn't have, walk out there. Yeah. 
Yes. Have they given? Have they responded to that at all? What have they said back to your attorney? Not, not really. They told him on two occasions they were going to give it to the sergeant. Question, question for you, Amy. Um, do you do you rent the space um, that that your store inhabits, or do you own that business, own the property? Well, it's it's partial owner. It's my parents and myself. Your parents own the property, and myself. Yes. Interesting. So, uh, right. so, and you're not new to the industry, too. Is it, it? Well, at least says in the article that you have been uh, operating for ten years here. Um, um, has yeah. there been issues with? Yeah, they said there's been ongoing issues uh, with the cops uh, going on there. And I read like the whole the pit bull thing and how you traded in your car to get that uh, to get that dog, and they ended up giving your car away with the plates on it, which could be a liability on you. So this whole thing is a complete mess, and they're just painting, from what I was able to gather uh, um, just overnight, uh, reading the background on this, they're just trying to paint you as a crazy cannabis Karen with this whole fucking story. Yes, and then I'm anti-police, and I'm not anti-police. Yeah. I'm anti abuse of power and lack of compromise because there has to be some formality of a compromise because of the high risk environment because of the safety issues it's not it needs to be taken i mean people pot shops are getting robbed every day um you know and, and not one time has i've had numerous scenarios with law enforcement coming onto my lot and when i call them they have they're not very they're not very helpful Every single time I've called for them to come and assist me in a matter that concerns me, they're not helpful. And I don't have a criminal history. I don't have all these occasions that I'm out in the public going toe-to-toe -to -toe with law enforcement. It's when they come on my lot and they create endangerment, period. So There is nothing on me. I wasn't, I wasn't criminally charged that day. I wasn't arrested that day. This video, this is the third that was, time this video has been. That's that my biggest question. Like, like, why are they fucking like, like coming out with this shit? There was no arrest. There was no citation. No nothing. I have idea. Search for I have that. idea. I have um, idea. Your guess, is, it, your guess is as good as mine at this point. Okay. Do you, why... is, are are you near Seattle? No. 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 Do you have one of those district attorneys that does not prosecute crime? In your county, do I have one? One of those district attorneys in America that don't prosecute crime. You know, what do you I, mean by that? Uh, just like like the Seattle district attorney for that area, he his does not prosecute crime. Uh, the district attorney in Los Angeles does not prosecute crime. Um, the district attorney in San Francisco does not prosecute crime. I'm not really sure, but I we definitely like I you know my family has a. My family has a past with um, my brother has a past with local law enforcement and jurisdiction. So this isn't new. This empowerment thing isn't new. Um, there's a history of them doing this uh, to my little brother. He he uh, you know, he he had a situation that happened and they didn't they did some foul play in a, in in. Hmm. in the court and he took it to Olympia and he was, he succeeded. Um, I believe that was in 1998. Oh, so you think this is probably just like the cops are just bitter um, in regards to that. And so in regards to that, they just keep on coming to harass. I, with, with, or I, don't, and... 
I don't know. I can't say that. No, I just, no, I really, I really can't say that because it's been so many occasions with so many different local jurisdictions of them not wanting to respect the high risk environment. I don't know. I know, I know some people in our audience that have been uh, harassed by a law enforcement for no apparent reasons and issued citations and going to court and all kinds of fun stuff. Huh, Anna? Yeah, I, I was there. Quick question, quick question for you, Amy. Do you have local law enforcement in your area? I know that you're in a small town. Yes. Three who's, who's your local law enforcement? Um, Moses Lake Police Department. Have you reached out to them at all and told them about your issues with the state police and see if they are willing to help uh, discuss it with you? Because I'm guessing they would be a, someone who would actually know you. You're a local business. Um, and perhaps they could be someone who could go to bat for you. Uh, to help uh, get the state police to at least take their business down the street if they really need to stake somebody out or whatever they're doing. I've expressed my concern to the captain on numerous occasions. Captain, It was Captain Sands, but it's mm -hmm. not making a change. He was very open to having the conversation with me. And he did, like, he... His example was that, you know, they don't know when their officers are pulling people over. They don't basically know where they're going to pull them over. Um, and so it um, that, you know, if someone had a gun, it could create a, a negative scenario for the officer. And I then in turn said, and for myself, my patrons, my employees as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, they have um, they have duty to protect themselves. And I have duty via Washington State Liquor Control Board's WAC to protect the store and the people. And so that's where the, the, the lack of compromise is, a, is, is um, emerging because they, have, they can't take it like a normal store. They need mm -hmm. to take it as a scenario of a very heightened um, and dangerous uh, place, um, you know, because of the industry. And that's been shown with all the past robberies and things that are emerging. I mean, Amy, Amy uh, uh, with the um, in the in the article and in, in all the articles, you know, I see it's like circulating on all these different fucking uh, news networks. And I apologize that you're that you're getting this from all angles right now. Um, it says Washington. No, yeah, it's yeah, it says Washington State Patrol Trooper and spokesman Colin uh, Kumaravel uh, told the news last week that seatbelts are the main contributor to fatalities we investigate. For Anwar to be so verbally berated by trying to do his job is frustrating. I'm glad the passenger took that video. It's bullshit because um, it was set up, in my opinion. Um, and proud of Trooper Anwar remaining calm and clearly uh, at clearly frustrating contact. She never should have been able to put her hand in his face like that. Was the seatbelt even an issue? here it was uh that's what they originally got pulled over so when they originally got pulled over because i mean after the scenario she came in and shopped and she was very she was very proud that i stood up for my rights because this is someone that i used to be friends with and uh, it the dog scenario is what turned it south i have numerous text messages so the day that i called the police on her um for um for title jumping the vehicle because of the liability because they wouldn't they wouldn't forfeit an address for me to get the truck out of my name is the day she originally posted it in a retaliation and yeah. then this uh, this, new, this new post she went as it's as far as posting my my home address so i'm getting death threats people are saying they're going to come into my home 
and and kill me. I mean, that's been up there for almost we've been fighting with Facebook. That's been up there for months and months. So, it, you know, it was definitely stimulated out of malice and then turned into this scenario to make me look ugly. And then in turns, you know, um, the Washington State troopers are are fueling it in a sense. So, so Amy, uh, real quickly here, because we do have to wrap, because um, we're rapid fire on the on the stories here. Just thirty seconds. Just, just, just let us know, like, what what message would you like to get out to everybody right now? The cannabis community, one hundred percent, has your back on this. That's why I wanted to cover this story. I'm so happy that you were able to join us. Uh, thank you for reaching back out to me uh, on this one. So, mm -hmm. final word. Um, let us know what's on your mind. What would you like us to? Um, uh, what can we do to support you? My my biggest concern is is compromise with you know, being able to compromise with local jurisdiction and an understanding that it's a high risk environment and public safety is my my biggest concern. It's all about public safety. It's not an anti-cop scenario. It's public safety and it needs to be taken seriously because uh, as long as they continue to do that, they're going to continue to possibly endanger the environment. And I'm not OK with that aspect of it. It's my biggest concern. love for you over here. Where's where, where's your store located and what's your address? Um, I'm located in Moses Lake, Washington at 412 South Inner Lake Road. All right. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Washington, go give go give Amy some of your money. Go go buy some weed Thank from you Amy. Guys. Thank you guys so much because this has been extremely frustrating and very scary. Um, you know, it's gotten to a point where uh, I didn't sleep at all last night. I got over 97 phone calls of people uh, calling me such derogatory names because of this painted scenario. Um, it's definitely hit a level where I am. I'm afraid. Man, we are we're way past time. Thank you so much, Amy. We got to run to a commercial real quick. We'll be right back. Thank you. You with us, Rachel? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Now Let's we can. Sure. All right. All right. It's me. I thought we were going to do the, we're going to do the, uh, the, the disclaimer or what? We gonna... It's Gretchen. Just go Gretchen. So we have up next, she is our very own Washington insider, the, uh, the founder of Panoptic Strategies. And she, you know what? Today for dress day, I bet she has her pit bulls in a nice dress. Is that you true? Boy, dog in a dress, Gretchen. How, how there are no dresses on my clothes, on my dogs. All right, no, no dresses. Leo has a little bow tie, and Salem has hold a little. Hold on, hold on. He, has a, he has a bow tie. You got to see the bow tie yeah. going Leo. on here. No, he's like, I'm out of here. Leo doesn't want to show off his bow tie. It's okay, baby. Looking it's fresh okay. to death. But give it up for he Gretchen. Doesn't want to show. Anyway. <laughs> my headline comes from uh, Marijuana Moment. Oklahoma voters to decide on marijuana legalization ballot measure. 
Oklahoma voters are heading to the polls tomorrow to decide on a ballot measure that would legalize marijuana for adults. In most counties throughout the state, the cannabis measure, State Question 820, is the only thing that voters will see on their ballot, a unique situation in the history of legalization initiatives. Advocates tried to put the reform on the November 2022 ballot, but delays in signature verification by officials in the state Supreme Court's subsequent decision in litigation meant that it missed the window to qualify for that cycle. In October, Governor Kevin Stitt called a special election for the cannabis measure, now taking place tomorrow. The measure would allow adults 21 and older to purchase and possess up to one ounce of cannabis, grow up to six mature plants and six seedlings for personal use. The current Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority would be responsible for regulating the program and issuing cannabis business licenses. A 15% excise tax would be imposed on adult use marijuana products with revenue going to an Oklahoma Marijuana Revenue Trust Fund. The funds would first cover the cost of administrating the program and the rest would be divided between municipalities where the sales occurred, uh, equivalent to 10%. The state judicial revolving fund gets 10%, the general fund 30%, and public education grants 30%, and grants for programs uh, involved in substance misuse treatment and prevention would get 20%. People serving in prison for activity made legal under the measure could file a petition for resentencing, reversal of conviction, and dismissal of case, or modification of judgment and sentence. Those who've already served their sentence for such a conviction could also petition the courts for expungement. Advocates with the Yes on A20 campaign promoted a new report last week detailing the costs of ongoing cannabis criminalization. More than 4,500 people in Oklahoma are arrested annually for cannabis possession, according to the analysis from Oklahomans for criminal justice reform, and more than 60,000 people in the state have either cannabis-related convictions or unexpunged dismissals on their records. If the question becomes law, those people could petition the court to clear the records. Already, the state's legalization of medical marijuana seems to have had a dampening effect on arrests and prosecutions. Since voters passed uh, State Question 788, a 2018 medical marijuana measure, cannabis cases have fallen sharply. The number of people incarcerated on marijuana charges has also declined. Recreational legalization is projected to bring the state more than $100 million in new revenue annually, or about $434 million between 2024 and 2028, according to a separate analysis commissioned by the ballot initiative campaign. Advocates for 820 launched TV ads and a door-knocking campaign to get out the vote ahead of the special election. One ad features a former police chief detailing the public safety harms of ongoing prohibition. He said this is a unique election in the SQA20 is the only thing on the ballot. There are no other candidates or campaigns. We know the majority of Oklahomans support SQA20 and the legalization of recreational marijuana for adults over 21. What we don't know is who will turn out to vote. SQA20 is the only one of three competing cannabis measures that advocates have tried in recent months to qualify for the ballot. Last month, an advocate uh, for the other two measures Questions 818 and 819 encourage voters to put their support behind 820. The endorsement rankled other advocates, including those at Oklahoma for Responsible Cannabis Action, which worked on the competing state questions. Orca said uh, some other advocates have criticized 820 over various provisions and for the campaign support from out-of-state donors. 
Orca's Jed Green told Marijuana Moment a year ago that he felt the initiative backed by the National New Approach PAC is just the wrong approach for Oklahoma. Still, the governor opposes adult use legalization, although he did say last year that he thinks the federal government should end prohibition to solve a lot of issues from all these different states that have legalized cannabis. He also said last year that he thought Oklahoma voters were misled into approving an earlier medical cannabis legalization initiative in 2018. State Republican Party leaders and GOP elected officials have also urged voters to reject the recreational marijuana legalization measure. Uh, I think the folks uh, from the advocacy campaign are right. We shall see who comes out to vote. And for all those people who talk about how amazing the cannabis voting block is, uh, this will be a true test uh, to see if they come out to get this passed. Um, I'm a little skeptical that it will pass. We shall see because I know there are a lot of folks who are not happy with how uh, the medical program has rolled out in Oklahoma. So I think you're going to see some opposition to this. This Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News. So you think all the prohibitionists are going to come out in full force on this, Gretchen? Yeah. I mean, and the, they're the folks it. who vote. Yeah. We, we, so it, it really depends. Did yeah. they get enough word out to see if people are going to come out to vote for this thing? And they're That's voting on this good. tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. The special oh, yeah. election. Yes. Man, Did you hear my story, much. Jason Beck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind the tape. <laughs> First sentence, special election tomorrow, Oklahoma. Nope. Go vote. I was just repeating, Gretchen, just repeating. Okay, sure I'm just, just checking, just checking yeah. on you. I know how you get, you know, a little dazed and confused there at Mar-a-Lago. You know, you never know. She said you can't we'll keep see. up with her in, the, in her smoke sessions. Jason Beck has never been able to keep up with me. Oh, Cut, it Cut it out. Cut it out. You're the one that can't Gosh. keep up. Gretchen, I'm, trying to, I'm a marathon runner, girl. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Gretchen is Gretchen is definitely stretching today. Well, yeah, he's definitely stretching with that one. Exactly right on that. Mm. <laughs> we shall see. I mean, what do y'all think? Have you heard much rumblings from Oklahoma? On I've seen know? I've seen a lot of um a lot of posts on social media from from different activists out there, and they made like a few different commercials. But I will say this: is I don't see a lot of excitement from the community out there. And so I, I do think that uh, voter turnout amongst cannabis smokers will probably be down. Mm. You, you know, I think people in Oklahoma too, they see the system um, while from a government perspective, it might not be working great. It's really easy to get cannabis and grow cannabis anywhere, ship it anywhere you want. It's kind of the wild west there. And they might be looking at the way it's happened in California, other States that went past medical to recreational and just saying, no, thanks. And there may be uh, there, there may be a lot of people to, to Matthew's point that 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 feel that way and aren't going to show up uh, to the polls just because they wanted to stay medical. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that one thing that folks should really be out there, especially the criminal justice advocates should be out there. If this passes and folks are allowed to petition for a reversal of their com convictions and get that out of jail. I mean, that would be a huge win. I don't know any other state that has done that with the passage of yep. adult use. I, yeah. And I've only seen two posts referencing exactly that uh, re referencing exactly that topic i mean people should be all over this if they really want it to pass and so that's why i worry about the momentum that the cannabis industry is pushing out there in oklahoma no I, yeah I, gotta, I hope you get it right that's it yeah, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow we gotta run a commercial real quick adam Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, 
you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Go for it, Rico. I thought you were gonna do it, man. You were on there. Let's do it. Yeah. God damn it, Jason. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You guys want me to intro myself? Yeah, you should do that. Oh, we gotta do that. We gotta do the disclaimer. The man who proves that any average fuck can be successful in life if they just try hard enough. So the thoughts, opinions, and shade thrown on high at nine news are those of the individual speakers and not those of any speaker or its followers. The statements made did not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory, or any of its authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship or responsibility. Our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on part of any speaker on stage. So if you are an easily offended person, pray. When you want to grow some of the best weed in the world, then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sh. H-O-P to see why our Terps don't lie. Oh, yeah. Y'all know who it is coming up next. He's an immortal cannabis wizard and the co-host of the What's Good podcast. Here drop timeless knowledge and truth bombs alike on the globally clueless masses. Coming up to the stage is the Count himself, Matthew St. Germain. Thanks, Rico. Happy Monday, everybody. I've got a great one today. This one is just more excitement about psychedelics. There has been a breakthrough study that discovers that psychedelics breach our neurons. What does that mean? The clinical evidence for using psychedelics to treat major depressive disorder, PTSD, addiction, and other mental health conditions is building. But despite the growing pile of data, we do not know just how psychedelics might be helping. One theory behind conditions like depression is that they're caused by the breakdown of connections between brain cells. Researchers have found in multiple studies that psychedelics can increase connections between cortical neurons. Specifically, they spark the growth of the tendril-like antenna on neurons called dendrites. The dendrites catch signals from other brain cells and link these, these neurons together. In theory, this may mean new connections being formed and strengthened, helping the brain to rewire itself. Now, surprising new research out of UC Davis may have finally explained why psychedelics spark dendrite growth when other drugs which activate the same targets in your neurons do not, and this may be the key in their therapeutic value. The first clues about how psychedelics may be physically altering neurons came from ketamine, which researcher Ron Duman's lab at Yale showed could promote dendritic growth in mice. Subsequent research tied this growth to ketamine's antidepressant effects. In 2018, David E. Olson's lab at UC Davis published a paper in Cell Report showing that a variety of psychedelics, 
like pretty much all the ones you've heard of, he said, were effective at promoting the growth of the cortical neuron dendrites. Those findings have since backed up and, and been expanded upon by multiple labs and in multiple models, including neurons in a dish, in fruit flies, in mice, and now in 2021 pigs, and next will be humans. Here's the thing, though. All the research led to very odd realizations. If, spike, if psychedelics spur neuronal growth, why is it that many other drugs that, that interact with the same receptors, including serotonin itself, do not? And the goal of this study, Olson said, was to solve this enigma. Despite the many mysteries of how psychedelics do what they do, there has been a long consensus among scienti scientists that one particular receptor on brain cells called 5H2A is the key. The natural home for the neurotransmitter serotonin, 5H2A, is activated by a variety of pharmaceutical drugs used to treat depression, migraines, and psychosis, as well as all of the popular and super fun psychedelics like mushrooms, LSD, MDMA, DMT, and ketamine. There is a ton of evidence that suggests that activation of the 5H2A receptor is what leads to the hallucinogenic effects of the drugs. Olson, director of the UC Davis Institute for Psychedelics and Neurotherapeutics and co-founder of Delix Therapeutics, reported. Now, this raises the question, since other drugs are hitting the receptor and they don't cause either the hallucinations or the neural growth, what is special about psychedelics? New research by Olson and his colleagues published in Science showed that psychedelics, unlike serotonin, appear to act on the receptors contained within brain cells, not just on the receptors outside. So what's happening is that these uh, psychedelics uh, novelly are actually going inside of these brain cells and spurring them to grow and connect and, and, and causing a higher level of patterning. I'm breaking down some of the technical stuff for all, for all of us here. Now, what they have also found was serotonin does a very poor job of crossing the membrane of the cortical neuron getting inside and activating those internal 5H2A receptors. But psychedelics like psilocin and DMT are greasier than serotonin, which allows them to slip through the membrane and activate the receptors. Uh, the team tested the theory by artificially helping serotonin get, in, get into brain cells. Using methods like jolts of electricity and transport proteins to get serotonin into the cell, they were able to activate the interior receptors and cause neuron growth in vitro like what they saw with psychedelics. When they tested it on mice, they saw both neural growth and antidepressant effects in the animals. It seems to overturn a lot of what we think should be true about how these drugs work, Cornell neuroscientist Alex Kwan, who was not involved in the research, told Science News. Everybody, including myself, thought psychedelics act only on receptors that are on the cell surface. Um, Olson says that studies that knocked out these 5H2A receptors have found that it eliminated both the hallucinogenic but also the majority of the therapeutic effect of the psychedelics. Um, they go on to say that finding out more about these basic pharmacological actions can help uh, in uh, implementation and development of targeted psychedelic drugs. And they're thinking that possibly drugs that are more targeted may have higher efficacy. Though I'd like to add that what I've, what I've, what I've seen um, clinically with most of these studies is when you take away the psychedelic effect, you oftentimes lose a lot of the therapeutic effect like they were saying um, earlier in the story. So I'm really looking forward to batting this one back and forth. This is Matthew St. Germain, your friendly neighborhood immortal for the Hyatt Nine News. Friendly neighborhood immortal. <laughs> I like that, man. I like Boy, that. Thanks. <laughs> Um, yeah, so so this the, the backtrack on the last thing I said because there's a lot of people, and again, this goes back to the other story we were talking about. America is still so awash in this puritanical mentality that if something creates joy and offers you some sort of release, that it has to then be bad. And so, so many of these companies, uh, you know, run by these straight folks who have never done drugs, are trying to take away the actual beneficial. Uh, properties of psychedelics in order to make a drug that they can then patent and sell for great profits. Because so here's the thing. 
if, if I sell you MDMA or, or as a, a company, MDMA or mushrooms, I can't patent these because they've either they're from nature or they've been around so long that they're unpatentable. If I slightly tweak the molecule, I add an oxygen group, I add a carbon group. Now I have a unique molecule. I can patent it and I can go on to make billions of dollars by basically blockading other people from being able to utilize that medicine without my permission, without me making money on it. Right. And, and, and what these guys keep finding is when they take away the psychedelic effect, the therapeutic effect is gone as well because a big part of the efficacy and action of these is actually self-reflection and in work on your own internal consciousness. And with without that work, now you're just getting into those realms of SSRI uh, inhibitors and these other drugs that really play all types of games with your neurochemistry but aren't causing any type of reflection or kind of a self-therapeutic, self-psychological soothing moment. So, and, and so, so am I, am I to understand too that from, from this study, it basically kind of proves that you do not uh, suffer any type of brain damage from correct from tripping. Correct. Conversely, they've put people in CAT scans and MRIs, both under the effects of LSD and uh, psilocin and psilocin. Mm -hmm. And what they found is uh, greater neuronal growth and greater neuronal networking as well. Like when they when they're watching the blood flow in your brain and somebody's on the uh, under the effect of these psychedelics they are actually seeing upregulated brain brain uh, brain blood flow, which means more oxygen, more more uh, brain chemicals, basically everything that's good for you, as well as a higher cleaning process, like more of your waste products are then are then filtered out. And so as we continue to apply scientific rigor to these substances, what we're finding out is that the entire prohibitionist mindset about these drugs is wrong. And they're actually wildly beneficial and incredibly non-toxic. And provided that you're not doing cocaine or secanol or SSRIs or drinking when you're doing psychedelics, well, you're actually getting you're actually getting smarter as you're laughing your ass off. Secanol is a phenobarbital. People use it uh, less nowadays, but people use it to come down off of, of other drugs a lot of times. Got it. So, so it's like you're, you're it's like you're updating your operating system before you head on to the astro. One hundred percent. And if we look back at Timothy Leary, before Timothy Leary was demonized, he was doing work with uh, with on recidivism with with uh, high security prison inmates. And they, they were having an over 80 percent efficacy of of really healing these people so they could go back out into society and be uh, productive members of society, healing them from alcoholism, drug addiction, as well as criminal um, activity and recidivism. And, and one of the biggest things that Leary proposed, and you can see this when you take LSD, is it causes a de-patterning. Like for myself, I was really uh, my parents were hippies and I thought they were idiots and I rebelled by getting into Ronald Reagan. I wanted to join the special forces and murder people for America because they hate people for our freedom. Right. You little Alex P. Keaton, bro, for real. I was that guy. But then I ate some LSD, I ate some LSD and, and, and what eating LSD did was it literally allowed my consciousness to step outside of the programming I'd received from from socialization and see that, unfortunately, my parents are right. And I was going to have to go apologize to them that I couldn't murder my way to peace. And it allowed me to really begin to reprogram my brain in a way where I was focused on generativity and positivity. Your way to peace? No, unfortunately, you can't murder your way to peace. It doesn't work. (laughs) Peace through strength. I I, I have another question on this, Matthew Saint Germain. Yes, sir. Serious question. So, so what happens with people that like consume too much or have like a bad trip? 
is right. that just not as damaging as well as people think and people are just like not snapping out of it or what, what what's the deal with that well it's okay so there's just a couple things a lot of people contact cannabis and psychedelics in their early 20s when symptoms of schizophrenia are beginning to manifest and both cannabis and psychedelics can accelerate schizophrenic symptoms in people and people that are already preconditioned to yes sir yes sir yes. but now the other thing is other cultures that have uh, curanderismo or uh, shamanism or whatever you like to call the word, they actually have a container for what we call psych uh, uh, schizophrenia and contacting of non-ordinary states, right? So the thing that I saw, it almost happened to me, and I've seen it happen to other people, is they're raised with hardcore Christian Abrahamic religious programming. They're getting messages from the center of their consciousness that are directly conflicting with everything their parents and society have told them. So then they figure that they're crazy, and a lot of these people will go off the deep end and kind of almost glom on to the mystical part without ever really trying to recontact reality because it's just so physically jarring. What happened to me was I was really good at acid and I started getting the Christ download that, you know, you're we're, really good at acid. <laughs> I know crazy, but I was getting the Christ download at my friend's house that the earth is our home. We're all one family. We have to protect the life support system so we can continue to navigate this earth ship in peace. We need to share everything equally because again, we're all a family. And what I came up with, cause I was a religious and, and raised agnostic was I'm definitely not Jesus. I'm Matthew St. Germain and God's telling me I'm Jesus and I got to go tell everybody this message and they're going to react with hostility. So I might as well just call 911 on myself because I'm having a psychotic break. But I was lucky because my friends were freaked out. They didn't want me to call 911 because we're all tripping on acid in my friend's apartment. So <laughs> they let me call my, my friend's mom, who was a, a shaman and had a lot of psychedelic experience. And when I was able to talk to her, she was able to first let me know that the messages I were getting were true. But what I needed to do that night was not worry about it and just go hide out at the river and not tell anybody and then come to her when I was sober and, and talk it through. And because I had mentorship and, and I had somebody that I could rely on besides the authorities who were going to tell me that I was having a psychotic break or experiencing schizophrenia, I was able to find out what happened to me, reorder my brain and really go forward in a much more peaceful and positive um, mode in, in my life. And so I think the biggest thing is with further education and further truth telling about psychedelics, non-ordinary states and what happens in mystic states and with psychedelic mentorship, we can actually, we'll actually have a lot less of these schizophrenic or psychotic breaks and we can really start to reorder our, our society because really the message that so many people have a problem with is like, we're supposed to be sharing everything. We're supposed to be getting along. We're supposed to be treating everyone as if they are themselves are they are ourselves. Unfortunately, so many people have been raised with trauma, with abuse, and with false messaging about our separateness and about the need to assert our dominance and our ego that they end up coming apart because the internal messages don't ma match the external messages. Man, but you were, but you were there physically um, when Jesus was crucified. No comment. Yeah, <laughs> we saw you in the pictures, man. Just, uh, <laughs> just <yeah. laughs> the John Germain has perpetually been a around fifty years old, and he has never aged throughout. Yes, uh, level run, five for life. Yes, run, run that last ad, Adam. Oh, yeah. 
thank you, everyone, for getting high at 9 with us every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank you to our audience and supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to all of our haters for always talking and thinking about us because we have the most immaculate pieces of property rent-free inside of your head. Huge thank you to True Classic, I Spire, Wizard Trees, DNA Genetics, LAXCC for always rocking with us. And thank you all to our correspondents for being truly amazing. Thank you to Cannabis Sativa L for giving us a reason to do this, even if they still want to call you hemp sometimes. And thank you to Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, Green Street, and Zaza Simone Brown holding it down in Clubhouse for us every day to create this show for you thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us it's america's number one daily cannabis news show